competing for how long? And I'm actually recording right now, so we're good. We could just start talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I believe my first show was in 2017. Okay, nice. Wow. Awesome. How'd you do? Um, so I competed in bikini, okay. and I placed second. Nice. That's for awesome. my first show, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, when I did bikini, I placed. Um, I don't know. I wasn't that good, so I didn't. <laughs> now you are. You didn't uh-huh. do the division. Yeah, if I know, it was it was just terrible. They didn't like my bikini. It was just it wasn't shaping up right. No, I'm kidding. No, that's amazing. That's really cool. So, how many shows have you done so far up until this point? Ugh, I feel like I should know this off top head. Yeah, you, um, you should. You didn't prepare for this. It's all good. I'm just kidding. No eight, worries. Eight shows. Eight shows. That's awesome. Holy cow. That's amazing. Do you think people should do NPC shows if they're looking to like, you know, become fit or have some kind of short-term goal for themselves? Because I love them. I think they're amazing. I do not. Okay, good. No, that's good. That's a good opinion. Minority. I don't think competing is for everyone, and I don't True. think everybody should try it once. Um, yeah. I think it's a very extreme sport, and it, is. it, it is. can cause a lot of mental health issues yeah um if you're not really prepared for that um it can create body image issues it can create disordered eating patterns and everything like that um Mm -hmm. so i think it's it's really important if you're gonna do the sport you need to really understand and have a good coach before you dive into it so you think people would need a coach definitely absolutely a good coach a good coach a good I got gotcha. you. Who's your coach? Ryan Hinton. Ryan Hinton. Okay. I think I looked him up. He's he's pretty big right now. Um, He's one of the best yeah. in the industry. Uh, I know you did an interview with Roy, and that was Roy's coach. Yeah, no way. Uh, Fontenelle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Roy's Roy's dope. I love that guy. Freaking awesome. Me too. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, it's, it's funny. I, th- I feel like everybody kind of travels – in similar circles because i because i knew it was funny i I, i'd never been to that gym premier fitness right and so i went there i interviewed him and you know we have a bunch of mutual friends on this side do you know ashley grio no okay okay i don't know it's it's uh, in in this area i guess there's a lot of people who have kind of competed at some point there's like what's that what's his name gidry is a Josh Gidry or something. Was I know Josh. I know yeah, Josh. Yeah, there you go. Josh Gidry. I know he shared the post, but it wasn't. I don't know him personally. I just know he knows a lot of people I know. So, yeah, it's a small world is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm circling around the moral of that story right there. So, well, Anna isn't exactly um, the fittest state. So people who are really into fitness, mm-hmm. like, kind of know each other. You know, you, you stick with it's true. people who same way. Well, I mean, I've I'm working on my my belly right now. So does that exclude me from the the fit uh the fit world? <laughs> Work, um, I'm working on an ab right now, a singular I, I, ab. I don't I don't think you can say just because you don't look a certain way, you're not yeah. into fitness. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point, but it's I it's funny. I you know, when you do shows and everything, it really god, it puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Cause it like, it just, once you do one and you go back into the gym, you're like, okay, I know exactly what I have to do to be better for the next time around. It's kind of like, 
it it straightens everything up in your mind like your goals what you need to be what you need to become you know it's crazy but i also think it kind of makes you realize like you know is this something that i want yeah. or do i want a more balanced life like that's true you kind of really takes to be that way and it's like is this something is this a lifestyle that i really want or am i okay with you know not looking shredded to the bone but being being happy you know with what actually makes you happy if social events and eating out and doing those things make you happy then do it but if you find more fulfillment in like Mm -hmm. the process and being disciplined then you know competing is going to be your thing or a more strict lifestyle is going to be your thing do you think living that strict lifestyle for yourself makes it easier or harder to do something like go out for a birth, you know, get some birthday cake or something or go out, get some beer with friends? Well, I think it just depends on what your goals are. Like, okay, true. I, yeah. I have a very big vision board, a very high goal that I want yeah. to set for myself. So it's easy for me to go out with people and decline that because mm. my goal is so much bigger than a piece that. of cake yeah. or some beer. But if I didn't have that that goal or that vision, then I, at that point, it's like, okay, you know, what is this beer doing for me? Is it something that I can have with my friends and really enjoy a good time mm-hmm. and maybe sacrifice a training session or two? Like, am I at a place where that's okay? Or is the training session more important to me? And then I just kind of base it off of that. Yeah. And for the most part, you probably result in the training is more important. I have to, I have to regulate this. It's probably, Oh yeah. Yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. Not a big drinker. I'll, I'll go for the cake over the, over the beer. You said, Oh, you (laughs) said you're not a big drinker. I thought you said you, Oh, you were a big drinker for a second. I was like, man, I applaud you. You're sitting here living this lifestyle. Yeah. I've, I've never been, I've never been, I mean, the cake, like, Let's, uh, yeah, I love me some cake, oh, but big time. Care. Yeah, no kidding. Do you see yourself going uh, to become a pro at some point? Getting pa- uh, getting uh, past the NPC. That is one hundred percent the goal. That's awesome. Well, yeah, shoot, I mean, I mean, you you're pretty much there, huh? Do you feel as though the tide's going to turn and you're going to get to that point pretty soon? Um, I talked about this recently, so I mean, I'm working towards it, and yeah. I believe off so i can say yes Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't necessarily like just because i got second at my first national show it doesn't put me next in line for the pro card like sure everybody else is still working just as hard as i am yeah um so there's no like automatic you know you're gonna get it next like Mm -hmm. i as long as i keep working and i stay disciplined and i stay persistent I do believe that I will turn pro, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to go pro my next show. Yeah, it's I, I was always confused as to the process of being presented with the pro card. So I thought I thought when you when you get second at nationals, doesn't that allow you to advance to the next stage? So there's different rules depending on which national show that you do. Oh. And the national show that I happen to do second place in my division so Mm. i'm wellness i am no longer bikini okay um i went i went up to wellness um because i have a very dominant lower body interesting okay 
they only gave out one pro card to the winner. And since I got second, I did not get my pro card. But other shows that went on, um, they gave out more pro cards. So first and second did get their pro cards. Oh. It's kind of different that you do, and I happen to do that one. Wow, I gotcha. And you're based in Louisiana, right? You're here in Louisiana? Correct. Okay, okay. Correct. Do you feel as though we have good shows here what's what's your honest to god opinion on the shows in this area cuz there's i've i've done a couple and i like them i just don't know how they compare to other places so i don't want to say it's the show itself like okay how it was you know i never had a bad experience at a show or anything like that yeah. i think as far as the competition I don't think it's on par with some of the other states, but that, like I said before, like Louisiana is not a, a high fitness state. Like no people don't eyes, you know, health and fitness here. And when people are doing a show, it's more for that, you know, I want to do it one time. I want to mm-hmm. get that awesome transformation. It's not that competitive drive. You know? Yeah, and then you quickly find out if it's if it's a bucket list kind of thing, you quickly find out how much work it actually takes and how much more than just a healthy lifestyle it is. It's it's beyond that. It's actual competition. You know, it's funny. I came to realize that and I was like, Man, this is serious shit. This is awesome. It it is. And I think there are those people who you know, the like you said, the bucket list thing, and it's like they do it and they stick to it so hard for 12 weeks. Yeah. But there's no, it's not a lifestyle for them. So as soon as they finish and they come out of it, they are starving and they gain all of the weight back so quickly because it wasn't a lifestyle. It's not something that they live and they breathe and, you know, oh, they do all the time. It was just for that small time. Well, that's interesting but, that, that you say that because – Oftentimes, when I talk to people, you know, we kind of go back and forth between what kind of goals people should set for themselves. And I've often thought that when people say I'm just doing it for health and fitness, it's a little too, it's too nebulous. It's too like, like, well, what does that mean? You know, you need a, a short term goal. But you brought up the, a good point in that, that that might not be strictly what they need to do you know because then they let themselves go after achieving that short-term goal so it's interesting well i don't really think and this is my thought yeah opinion please. yeah what else can say i'm wrong but i highly doubt they will i don't think i don't think bodybuilding is a healthy sport like i don't yeah. think you should do a show if you're looking for health and fitness because it's an extreme you're basically True starving yourself to you know mm-hmm. the lowest body fat you've probably ever been and your body doesn't want to be there yeah um and that's not healthy that's interesting. <laughs> like yeah you're thing, right you're right it's stage lean the how little you're eating and how much cardio you're doing you can't sustain that yeah yeah it's 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 ex- it like what you said it's on the extreme so there's no right you know there, there's no way you get out of a show and and that's how you continue your life after that i mean you gotta have some time off i find it okay though to to live even without doing shows i like the idea of living sort of an on-season slash off-season lifestyle i think that could apply to regular people you know oh i think i think all seasons like well okay so yeah so i think for let me let me kind of go back for a yeah, second. Yeah, please. No, you're good. For like a 
someone who's doing it, you know, just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I think in, in, in an off season, of course, the off season is where you would find a little bit more of like your balance mm-hmm. life. Yeah, a little more maintenance. Um, you still, you still want to eat healthy, but that's like, like you're not, you know, where you can be a little more social and, um, it, and not live to that. Yeah, like yeah. not live to that full extreme. But I do think too, if your goal is to be pro and do well as a pro mm-hmm. and be successful and one day get to the Olympia, mm-hmm. I think the off seasons just as strict as the instant as far as like your training and yeah. you're still eating you're eating more, mm-hmm. but you're still you're eating all of your meals that your coach prescribes. You're not, you know, yeah. Eating whatever you want just because it's off season, you're still on a plan. Um, and I, I kind of like to put it compare it to like your football players. Mm-hmm. So think about football players when they're in, in season and they have games all the time and um, they're traveling. Yeah. And, and that's like that's their season. Mm-hmm. But then when they're out of season, that doesn't mean that they don't still have practice and weights and film and you know, mobility sessions with their athletic trainers and recovery. Like they're still being a pro. They're still being a f- pro football player. They're just yeah. not playing games. Well, they're preparing for it. Yeah. And, and in fact, it seems even more important for the off season for football players. Like, geez, that's, that's your, that's your go time. You know, you got to be ready for when the, the season hits. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is in bodybuilding. Like, your off season's more important than your in season. If you're a true competitor, sure. that's where you're built to show on stage. Yeah, yeah, and you but, know, I've never heard it put like that, but it makes sense now that you say it. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, that's totally right. Yeah, prep is just where you're you're losing the body fat over the muscle, mm-hmm. but there's not going to be any muscle to be shown unless you don't build it in the off season. Yeah, it's true. And you gotta, you gotta be in a surplus. You gotta just consume at that point, you know, and, and your workouts have to reflect that. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing currently for yourself? Are you prepping for another show? Or are you just kind of, uh, you in maintenance I right am, now? I'm growing. I'm okay. hitting hard eating in a surplus. Okay. Um, have lots of lower body leg days and not too many. I do one upper body day a week and three lower body days because that's how my division, mm-hmm. you know, wants Trains. us to be. It's a more dominant lower body look. Um, my feedback was just to be more developed lower more body. Developed. So. Okay. I gotcha. Can, can you tell me too? I, I wanted to ask this earlier. I didn't know about the wellness category. Is that new to uh, female bodybuilding? Or is that so it's been around? It's in the states. Oh, and okay. So it was never the NPC IFBB mm-hmm. because it was never in the United States. So it was always in federations in like Brazil, France. It was in Australia. Um, I talked to I talked to a lady out of Australia who excelled in the wellness, and I told I remember yeah. we didn't. When I talked to her, we didn't have that here. I'd never heard of it before. It was like it was like almost. They combined a pageant with bodybuilding, almost. Yes. So, so that that's like that actual federation, but the wellness division is the look itself. Oh. So now that look, that body shape, and it's in the NPC and IFBB, but how we present it with our normal posing routine, routines. 
Man, okay. You're blowing my mind. I had no idea. That's funny. I had heard the term tossed around every now and again. I just, yeah, it's funny. I didn't know kind of the description of it. So what what is the body type? Where does it fall? So it's actually because it was in those other countries, it almost seems like, you know, it's for more of those body types, those like Puerto Rican, Spanish, Brazil looks, the girls who have really strong legs and big glutes, sure, but like not for dominant upper body. Um, so that's why a lot of those girls are actually excelling in the division right now, okay. but it's because the United States is behind. We've never trained specifically for that. So we like, you know, we've always trained for symmetry if you're a bikini yeah. and balance. Um, and that's what they want for those divisions for figure and bikini. That's but crazy. for this division, they actually want an imbalance. They want your lower body to look bigger. So we're a little bit behind in developing that, um, but we're coming. That is, that's so interesting though, because it's, it's weird. You did say the thing about symmetry and I've never like symmetry is, is everything, you know, it's, it's been everything like you train for that and that alone. So to hear something that is deliberately skewed to one direction, like you got to you got to work out more of the lower body. That's an interesting thing for me to hear. It's funny. I'm just, I'm so not used to that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You. Do you, do you feel as though it's, is it harder than bikini for prep? Cause if you're sitting there having to do three leg days, you're, I mean, you're grinding at it. That's a lot. Um, I think it depends on the genetics of the athlete. Okay. Like if you're, doesn't put on muscle really well, then of course you're going to still train hard as a bikini athlete. Like still, you still have to build muscle and, and you have to push yourself and be, you know, pushing Mm -hmm. the weights in order to build muscle. But if you're someone who puts on muscle really well and you want to compete in bikini, then you're probably not training to that extent. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know, you know, with, with any kind of training that you do for any kind of division, whether it be for women or for men. And I think this, this logic can be applied to everybody. I think people need to favor the legs anyway, you know, as far as, as far as just building a better body. Cause I mean, I've, you know, shit, I skip leg day. I'm the, I'm the classic bro dude. We'll be skipping leg day and you can tell. I know my legs. I'm just happy. My legs can carry me from point A to point B. I'm like, I'm like competing against like, five-year-old little girl ballerinas like that's that's what i'm working to to beat so yeah i got like little skinny calves so it's it's really depressing i'm like i'm doing my legs and to your point though it's about that like genetic inclination you know if i were to get bigger legs i have to absolutely annihilate them multiple times a week to get it to get even just a millimeter of size on them yeah so no, I get it. Yeah. I do. Is that, is that, is that something, what's your weak point right now? Are the legs your weak point? No, okay. actually my legs are pretty much there size wise. I mean, okay. obviously like, you know, once you start bodybuilding, there's that saying like you're forever small, <laughs> like yeah. you're never big enough to start bodybuilding. It's true. Um, so of course, like I see places that I want my legs to improve, but they're pretty, they're pretty good where they are. Nice. For me, it's more my glutes mm-hmm. and like specifically my upper glute. Okay. Kind of. Like you want a I shelf. Can... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was yeah. going to say the shelf. The shelf. Oh yeah. That's, that's, 
the curse of we know the shelf. I know. Well, that's the, that's every white guy's curse. We don't have the shelf, and I'm just like that's. I've actually shifted my my focus on that. I'm like, I just need a shelf. Like that's that's what I'm doing right now. So, yeah. What's I'll, your? I'll what, share my. Yeah, share my workouts. I know. No, I'm serious. Like I'm I'm curious. Like what do you do? For your workouts, are you very classic, just squats and the use, or do you kind of switch it up with some new things? So I'm going to say that I think squats are the number one. King, yeah. And if you're not squatting, you should be squatting. You should start squatting. Damn right. And just work to improve your squat, period. That should mm. be like the first thing that you ever do. For anybody, um, too. For anybody, yeah. anybody, period. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah, um, but I'm also doing a lot more um, like hypertrophy stuff to where that's something that I've never really done. Copy that. Before, yeah. I've always just done like the heavy volume. Yes. Which is why I have good density. But I think that's also why I'm lacking more of like in specific isolated portions. Some so like the upper glutes specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and then like where the tie-in is, the ham. Yeah. tie in yeah just like that with like blood you know sure and then letting it yeah well it's it's i know that it's probably a tough thing to do the workout right and and get the best of both worlds because you're you're sitting pretty with those squats right you got you got the squats down pat but i think at some point you you know everybody questions that like, oh, you know, what do I need to do that's going to be best for the isolation, that's going to be best for the squeeze, the contraction, and then you get into that yeah. realm where it just, I think it throws in another dimension. And then, you know, I started doing um, like everything single leg. So a lot of exercises just turned into to single joint, you know, so single leg, leg press, and that changed my life. That was dope. I'm like, holy cow, why haven't I been doing this for years, you know? Oh, I love single leg. I do uh, Bulgarian split squats. Yes. If you don't do, yeah. If you don't do those, you need to do those. <laughs> yeah, and and they hurt. Bulgarian split squats are no joke. Like Jesus Christ, those are shitty exercises. They, they, they take me to the deepest of the pain caves. Like, yeah, I lose soul every big time. time I do big time. And as, if you go slow and you got a semi-heavy weight. Yeah, it's yes. it, it'll and it's funny too. I don't know if you recognize this with Bulgarian split squats, but I start sweating immediately with Bulgarian split squats more than I do with regular squats and any other exercise. I don't know why, but I do. Like I I build a sweat quicker with a with a split squat. I don't know if you've I noticed think, that. I think it's because and actually I do. Okay. But I have I have two thoughts on that. One is because normally it's not the first thing that you start with. So your body's oh, kind of a good point. Since it's more of an accessory. That's my first thought. Okay. My second thought is because it is a single leg movement. More of your body is engaged to yeah. keep your body stable. So it's more of like, um, t like it's time under tension for your whole body because yeah. it's not stable. So it kind of releases that sweat response those are my two thoughts i, I don't know i, I know i agree behind, with those thoughts yeah no that's that's exact but yeah it's true it's balanced like bulgarian split squat tests all those little muscles that you haven't worked out yeah. in, in a long time yeah. so yeah so it makes sense why your body would just all of a sudden go into this full 
full dynamic like like fight or flight mode yeah and and it's sitting there having to tighten everything i mean shit your core is working overtime with split squats so exactly yeah i i kudos to people who can do that have you ever tried pistol squats um so i actually come from a crossfit background so so yes (laughs) damn (laughs) damn d are you still doing crossfit or you kind of you kind of faded from that so this is my first year since I, well, I want to say around June or maybe May okay. of last year, I completely stopped CrossFit to fully dive into bodybuilding. So that's, I think that's going to be the biggest game changer for me mm-hmm. in my physique. Um, before I was really holding on to Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit while prepping. Yeah. And I think that actually held me back in a lot of ways. Interesting. So I'm to see you know what the full focus in bodybuilding does for me do you think that somebody could more easily go from crossfit to bodybuilding than bodybuilding to crossfit Ooh, good question i know i just i just can't, i was thinking that because i know that crossfitters you know especially elite ones they're already shredded as, as hell right they look great yeah. so it makes sense so they could take a, you know that that body and then just tweak it a little bit you know prep it for the stage whereas with a strict bodybuilder i feel like going to crossfit would just be completely you know soul crushing because it's totally different exercises you know yeah so okay just thinking off top head um i think the crossfitter to bodybuilding depending on their genetics so in crossfit you're not really building a shape you're just going to have this really athletic look. Yeah. So whatever your sh- is naturally without targeting specific muscle groups, mm-hmm. um, that's going to vary how well you do on stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, yeah, you're not like some people just don't have, you know, that V taper mm-hmm. or that quad sweep. They just kind of are like SpongeBob. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. A very well, athletic sponge. I was about to say, I mean, uh, you know, what's wrong with SpongeBob? You know, I want his legs. There's nothing I, wrong. There's nothing wrong with SpongeBob. But, <laughs> it's you And then the bodybuilder to CrossFit, I think that's gonna be more of a mental battle. So it's like oh, because that's a you're good not point. completely different conditioning. Like you you're conditioned to be like you are doing cardio yeah. in bodybuilding. But to be able to take that that mentality of suck and just continue to keep going is going to be all all in the head. It's like I'm tired, True. I want to stop or I'm tired, I want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's crossfitters definitely handle the suck pretty well. That's that is a that is a serious benefit to getting into crossfitting is that you kind of condition yourself mentally speaking, you know. It's right. So yeah. like bodybuilders obviously can handle that stuff. Yeah. But it's like different you, though. Can you handle it? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. are you going to be able to pick up a weight when you're tired in a workout when there's no, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's true. When and you're not basically on stage. Yeah. And, and the, the, the bodybuilders kind of have to, sort of make every aspect of their life perfect. Whereas it feels as though crossfitters have a bit more leeway with dieting maybe because 
their goal is very much performance based. And right. so, so at that point you're, you're fueling for performance. Yeah. And, and bodybuilders have to fuel for specific, like, you know, you, you really, your diet is so precision focused. It's so it's sculpt focused. So you're sitting there yeah. having to, having to do a diet that most perfectly burns fat and builds muscle within your specification. So it's funny. It's like when you think about it that way, it, it kind of puts the two in very different categories goal-wise. Definitely. Yeah. But I think, hey, I mean, to, to CrossFitters benefit, the, the focus on performance, that can change bodies pretty well. Like that's something that regular people need to freaking do. Just focus on like a an extra rep yes. or some shit. Yeah. What yeah. we were talking about before, people who, you know, like they just want to get shredded for health and fitness purposes, like focus on your performance, like big time, make goals that, you know, CrossFit's great for people who just want to look good yeah, um, without stepping on stage, but like getting to know, you know, maybe you're the leanest you've ever been like set performance based goals. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it changes everything. Like you really do reap the benefits when you put those performance based goals front and center. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've talked to so many people about it. I'm I'm learning that like the the psychological shift and everything, taking that mental state and you know turning it into turning it away from the way you think your body looks is more beneficial for long term change. So yeah, yeah, you have a very serious goal like okay, I want to do, you know, five handstand push-ups. Yeah. Well, think that eating a box of donuts is going to make you lighter for your handstand push-ups? Probably yes. not. You're gonna be like, <laughs> you know, like I have this goal. Like I don't, I think I'm just going to eat two donuts instead yeah. of seven. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's regulation in the end. You know, people can tape, can pull themselves away from it slowly but surely. So, exactly. yeah. Are you, what's your favorite cheat meal? You talked about donuts. Is that kind of your go-to cheat? Or Absolutely you... not. Oh. My, my go-to meal is a burger with sweet potato fries and my favorite cookie company, Stacked Cookies. I, uh, All of those. yeah, That's I bought one. some, bought some Stacked Cookies. Dude, are they not the best? Tell me they're the best. Dope, I know they're the best. Dope as hell. I was so blown away by how good they were. It was funny though. I like tell you right now as far as marketing goes they really live up to their name because those cookies are stacked Huge. like legit yes. i mean for sure and i got i think i i think we had like um because they do it they do it in special orders right so you get like four cookies with what you buy right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so the we got the last one and it was it was like a one was chocolatey or i don't know one was i don't know macadamia nut was in was in one of them or something like that which I didn't like too much. Honestly, I don't know. they I have just... so much stuff in there. Like, yeah, I don't even know. I just eat them. I know they're amazing, but it was funny. I, I, they, t they all tasted great. I'm just, you know, you know, how you're not a fan of like an, a certain flavor. You're like, ooh, macadamia. Oh I yeah, can't do that shit. Yeah, I'm not big. I'm like um a really big like chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. Red good. velvet, peanut buttery. I'm not really big on like the fruity ones. You know. Yeah. Well, red so velvet. I it's like more yeah ones. do they do do they do a red velvet cookie oh yes oh, they have the best it's it's a the, one of my favorites that they do i had mm. it after one of my shows it was red velvet cookie mm. with cookies and cream and then stuffed with like a brownie oh what <laughs> yeah that's 
That's yeah. that's called America right there. <laughs> that's freaking America. Yes. I know. Oh man, can you just imagine like stepping off stage and like biting into that mm. because just yeah, it doesn't get better. <laughs> oh, I know. That's crazy. Well, I love your the burger thing. Like nothing tastes better than just a nice juicy ass burger. Like on a oh. yeah. Uh, and I'm about my burger too. Like I'm the kind of person like I get upset. Okay. My, you're like you're like what is this swill that I, want, that I want it? Which uh, which burger joint do you hit up? Ooh, tough question. Um, see, it, it, I'm like very specific. So they have to have sweet potato fries. If they don't have sweet potato fries, yeah, it's already not my. If I'm going for like a fast food burger, I'm probably gonna go with either Company Burger okay. or Moose. Wait, what was the uh, what was the other one you said? Cut out there for other a second. Have you been to Muya? Okay, yeah, there's Muya on uh, Southeastern's campus back when I went there. Yeah, they they had yeah. uh, they have a Muya. I've never been to Muya. <laughs> so uh, Yeah. Go. Okay, um, I got I got to check it out then. It's yeah, so I know of Muya. I know of what'd you say? Co- company Burger? Yes, okay, Company Burger. Company Burger. I'm a fan. I really- go ahead. Oh, what- what were you gonna say? Oh uh, no, I was gonna say In and Out. If you've never tried In and Out, I know that's like some greasy spoon stuff, but it's good. Oh, you're gonna hate me. I don't like In and Out. Oh, it's all good. It's all right. It's like McDonald's. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Damn. Shit. My heart's you broken. Podcast anymore? Yes. Get off my <laughs> damn show. That's just kidding. You're fine. It's all good. No, I, <laughs> I am very partial to In and Out. I think. I think, you know, I think it's blasphemy that you compared it to McDonald's, but it's okay. I'll put aside, I'll put that aside. Because it was always overhyped. True. So when I, I was expecting something so great Mm -hmm. and like, they didn't even ask me how I wanted my burger cooked. But that's, but Hey, that's, that's the shtick. That's the thing. You know, you can't, it's, you can't get it cooked a certain way. It's just, it's just the joy of like having a straight ass in and out burger. I was very, I'll tell you who I was disappointed with though. I was disappointed with Lee's. I went to, I get, I got like Lee's. It was freaking cold. Like they gave me a cold burger. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't go to there either. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'm perfectly fine dissing them on this podcast. So yeah, yeah I'm we'll fine with that. Together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll people listening to this will be like, Oh no, hell no. Hell no Lee's for me. Yeah. Yeah, so, no yeah, no Yeah, but what else were you saying? I cut you off before when I when I dropped my in and out bomb. Oh, I was gonna say one of the places that whenever I did shows here mm-hmm. in uh, Louisiana, yeah, we would always do Cheesecake Factory after, and they have some pretty good burgers. Oh, see, I've never ordered a burger from Cheesecake Factory. I would never have guessed that. Well, if you Let's ever go, that. okay, you should definitely try. Cheesecake the factory. one awesome. with the the mushrooms and the onions okay. and the bacon. Dope. That's oh well, yeah, that's that's no, you can't go freaking wrong with that. That's amazing. Cannot go. Yeah, that's the combo, right? Yeah. Are you doing a cheat meal once a week when you prep, or are you kind of spacing it out a little bit more? Um, once a week, yeah. and even in my off season, I eat on my plan. Okay. Okay, and then I have one cheat meal a week. Nice. Well, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way people should go. A lot of times. 
cheating is kind of the, the definition skewed a little bit. You know, some people think it's got to be like yeah. a whole day or I've always done just a meal like you and and that's always worked out just fine. You know, you can't you can't just go balls to the wall and, you know, eat eat cookies and brownies for breakfast and then finish off with like, you know, fondue at night. So. Right. Yeah. I think, I think almost like if you're, if you put food on such a high pedestal, yeah. um, then that's when you kind of go into like the binging episode. So it's like people give, you know, um, meal plans such a bad reputation because then you have this cheat meal and it makes you want to binge because you feel so restricted. Yeah. But I, I think it's more so what is your relationship with food? Yeah. Yeah. It should be pretty, pretty, yeah. It should be pretty easy to maintain one cheat meal. If your relationship with food is already built up and you can kind of just easily, you know, enjoy it and then move on. Right. Right. Like you're not glorifying it or idolizing it to where like you want everything. It's just, you just enjoy the meal and then get back, get back on track. Back on plan. You know what is glorious, though? An In-N-Out Burger. That's what's glorious.